Who are the start sits that can maximize your week four fantasy football lineup? We're back in the lab today to let you know. So sit back, grab a drink or a snack, and enjoy the program. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bunch, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. They don't know something they haven't seen. I find a gap on the screen and hit them right in between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. Just one thing to say. Yeah, what they don't know something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. In between fantasy football podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, September 29th, 2023. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast is rocking and rolling as we head into week number four of the NFL season. I'm Seth Wilcock, looking forward to another glorious autumn weekend, and I am joined by a man with a tremendously big brain. He is a man who carried me through a fucking wind tunnel at one point in our friendship. He puts IBT on his back every single day. He's Eric Romoff. How we doing, Tex? What's on the agenda this weekend? Sheesh, I'm doing better now that you unlocked that core memory of me just muscling everyone through the wind tunnel at the expo. Check out the expo if you guys haven't gone before. Crazy things like that happen all the time. But I'm I'm doing good. Um, we're here. I mean, look, the the game last night was a was a bit of a laugher when you look at the final score, but yeah, it was still a pretty pretty interesting uh, outing by by Thursday night football standards. So definitely riding high heading into the full slate of games this weekend. Hell yeah, I am with you, Eric. I, I got a doozy of a weekend planned, honestly. I'm going to do some nachos on Sunday, a little homemade nacho bar, maybe a little brisket on those nachos. Uh, tomorrow night, got some dirt racing with my father-in-law. Excited to check that out. And uh, right now, at my estate at the homestead, I am dealing with a fucking turkey buzzard situation from hell right now. Dead raccoon on the side of the road earlier this week. I'm calling game commission. I'm calling township. Hey, can someone come pick up this raccoon? And they're like, no, no one can. And uh, today I got about a dozen turkey buzzards jumping on the roof, circling the house. It's crazy over here, Eric. Buzzards are circling. I actually literally had the exact same thing in my neighborhood. But the the raccoon in question had spent months flipping over trash cans (laughs) and making a big old mess in everyone's alley. So he, uh, he is no longer with us. The vultures did the needful. Yeah, I'm hoping they can finish this up here. Uh, ho- hopefully, it- it's done by the middle of this podcast. So, if you guys are hearing any any loud banging, it's the turkey buzzard. So, <laughs> we- we're going to let them go. We're going to see what- what's going on. Because, Eric, we are jam-packed. Jam-packed today. Uh, we got our Thursday night football recap and reaction here in just a moment. Then, we're going to do some start-sit questions, answer whoever has any questions in the chat, as well as go through some of our favorite starts and sits for the week. And then, the GOAT. 
the titan of the industry. It's Bob Harris. He's going to join us here right around 240 for some sure things, sleepers of the week. I'm excited to see Bob, excited to see what he has going on. And Eric, you're a hot right now in the sure things, sleepers of the week. It's still hey. summertime for you, man. Dude, it is always summertime in Texas, and I am coming in on cloud nine with my short thing sleepers, feeling pretty good about how we started off the season, feeling even better about my sleeper for this week. Ooh, okay, okay. Eric's ready to go. I appreciate that, man. Um, and I also w- want to say I appreciate the IBT family checking us out each and every week when we are live. We got Toronto Dave already in the chat. What's up, Dave? Thanks for making time for us on your Feel Good Friday, my friend. Um, and Eric, what do you say, man? Let's jump in. Let's get to some Thursday night football recap because – it was a doozy. It was a doozy for the first time in 30 years. The Lions were favored heading into Lambo with their starting quarterback. Uh, let's talk about what happened here in front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance. You'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just try to have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about something not what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. At least I so thought. It's just in breaking news. Front and center. Front and center, baby. You know the drill. And uh, we, we got Dave in the chat saying that's why they call him Summertime Eric. I've never heard that one, but uh, I might have to add that to the list, Eric. Man, I've never heard that one either, but I'm super agreeable whenever it comes to nicknames. Like, if someone wants to fire a nickname at me, like, going behind the scenes here a little bit, Seth has been calling me Tex since we started working together. No one's ever called me Tex, but I'm here for it. Like, any <laughs> any nickname is is open-door policy in my book. Hell yeah, we appreciate that, Tex. Um, let's talk about the Thursday night football game last night, Eric, because it was it was a, a bit crazy, 34-20, to 20, and it was never really that close of a game. The Lions kind of dominating the time of possession, uh, nearly 38 minutes to 22 for the Packers, outrushed the Packers on the ground, 211 yards to 27. It was two costly picks that kind of cost Jordan Love and the Packers early in this one, and it was all David Montgomery from there on out. First time uh, the Packers go in here in a minute and just totally dominate from start to finish. How are you feeling about it? Uh, How do you feel about Dan Campbell, Motor City, baby, after this one? Yeah, Motor City, Dan Campbell out there biting kneecaps. And look, I mean, they, they, they have to feel good where they sit, you know, three, I guess now four weeks into the season, right? They get a big division win on the road. You know, they are continually climbing up people's power rankings uh, week over week and are, are, you know, legitimately on the fringe of title contention, right? They certainly have to feel good about their chances in the division and and are probably looking a little bit deeper into the playoffs for their run. And it's it's kind of funny because, you know, the, the way this game opened, there's been a lot of talks about Jared Goff's home road splits and he immediately throws yep. a pick to open the game. Yeah. And it's like, here we go. Same old Jared Goff, right? Um, uh, for the Packers, they couldn't convert that. Ends up becoming a field goal. And really from that point on, I mean, Detroit just boat raced him, right? Like it was it was the classic like tale of two halves. You look at the first half of this game and Laporta's getting peppered with targets. Amon Ra yep. finds that touchdown, right? Like it seems like this is gonna be that huge passing game explosion that you know we really love out of the Lions. Yep. And then they they get this lead and really just salt away the 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 game on the back of David Montgomery. Oddly enough, though, for however ugly a game it was for the Packers and for Jordan Love. 
Jordan Love finishes with more fantasy points than Jared Goff, thanks in large part to that rushing touchdown. Yep. But also firmly cemented the fact that Romeo Dobbs is the lead wide receiver in this Green Bay room, right? Mm -hmm. Christian Watson was back, yet Dobbs is out there getting peppered, right? 13 targets, almost breaks 100 yard, catches nine, 495. So definitely feeling comfortable firing Dobbs up as a week over week starter. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can completely buy into him being the pure number one there, but the targets have been off the chart for two straight weeks in the double digits, so I do love that. Um, I think we'll see more Watson as he kind of gets healthy. Savaged, or salvaged his day last night with the touchdown. I see, Chef, I see you have a, a question in the chat. Give us just a couple minutes when we get into some start sits, and we'll get to that as well. I want to touch up on the, the Lions here, though. Uh, what do we do with Jameer Gibbs? Because... Even when this game was firmly in hand, it was Detroit continuing to give the ball to David Montgomery to the point where he had 32 carries. If we're looking at it rest of season, who do you prefer in this backfield? Gibbs, who, again, is showing great stuff when he gets on the field, but just hasn't had the opportunity yet early into his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, the the decision is is fairly clear, and it's it's the one that I was making over the course of draft season. This is very much so David Montgomery's backfield, right? Like Dan Campbell has showed us in his two years as the head coach for the Lions how he wants to deploy his running backs, yep. you know, much to the chagrin of my my DeAndre Swift shares of recent years, right? Like yeah. whether or not the guy looks, you know, more dynamic or more electric with the ball in his hand, whether or not he's, you know, a more capable uh, receiver out of the backfield, Dan Campbell likes this kind of Hammenegger style running back to really lead the majority of snaps and the majority of touches out of his backfield and then bring in the flashy guy as a, as a change of pace. Right. So, you know, for me, I've, I've been rostering Montgomery throughout the season when he's available, for you. you know, the, I mean, the, the upside is somewhat capped. Like this is arguably going to be one of his you know biggest games of the season. So we, you know, we can't really expect him to go much further than this. And And what I will say is that, you know, his his piece of the pie is is larger than even I thought it would be, right? Like I thought we we're gonna be at like a 60, 40, yeah. 65, mm -hmm. 35 kind of split. And it's it's been far heavier in favor of Montgomery. So, you know, shout out to him. The thing with 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 rookie running backs in general, we usually see them take a little bit of time to ramp up. So you have, you know, Dan Campbell's history working against us, but also typically it has to do with pass protection. You know, as rookies get more and more comfortable with pass protection, you'll see their time on the field increase week over week. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Jameer Gibbs get more playing time as the season goes on. But I think the plan very much so is for Montgomery to see the, the majority, you know, kind of 60% or so of the work out of that backfield for the duration. And if you have Gibbs at this point, I think it's just holding on and hoping for a yeah, big game. Yeah, maybe trying to get out eventually when the stock gets a little bit higher, but you, you kind of have to swallow and eat it if you if you got him in the third or fourth round. We apologize, um, but I will say, Eric, like you were very steadfast all summer long that David Montgomery could be the running back to roster here, and uh, he's paying off as a, in a huge way early in this one. If you played Aaron Jones, if you played A.J. Dillon, you got boned either way. Um, A.J. Dillon continues to look terrible in this offense. Aaron Jones just didn't really get going. Not a lot of rushing attempts, 12 for the entire Packers team last night. I think that will improve. Um, and then rest of the season for you, would it be Romeo Dobbs over Watson? Because we had Scott on the Tuesday show uh, just 
foaming at the mouth at how much he was excited to see Christian Watson back out there and the big play potential he brings. Yeah, and and rightfully so, right? Like he does bring that big play potential. He's a very exciting young wide receiver to watch in the NFL. But the the answer for me four weeks in is the same answer that I had during draft season, right? Like Romeo Dobbs is the primary receiving or wide receiver option in, in this Green Bay system, right? Like, he's not going to have the spike weeks that that Christian Watson is is capable of, right? But like if you're talking about the guy that is going to see the lion's share of the volume in that passing game. It's, it's very much so Romeo Dobbs. It, it has been through four weeks. Um, I, I expect this and I project this to continue on carrying forward, right? Like he's just such a clean route runner. He's so reliable with his hands. seems like he's gotten into a good rhythm with his timing with Jordan Love, right? So for a younger quarterback, that really goes a long way. And the way that Green Bay has used and presumably will continue to use Christian Watson is just more prone to boom or bust right like yeah. his a dot is significantly further down the field than any other wide receiver in this system right so like you're going to catch those balls at a lower rate right uh, yeah um, you're going to get fast interference on those plays far more often than you do in Certainly. the short and intermediate game right so like it's it's going to be more volatile it's probably going to be more fun to roster <laughs> christian watson and watch him go off for yeah you know 120 and two scores but you know, I I think the you know I, I think the the steadier course is still Romeo Dobbs. Okay, all right. Well, I appreciate that Thursday night football recap and all the analysis you brought with that, Eric. Let's go ahead and get to everyone's questions here in our next segment: matchup management. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? Who's it going to be? We tell you that in matchup management here. Let's get to a couple questions in the chat. Uh, first one I saw of the day from our guy, Chef. What's up, Chef? Half PPR redraft league. Someone offered me Hurts, Mark Andrews, and Brees Hall for Anthony Richardson, Saquon Barkley, and Darren Waller. So a little Giants love here um, from our, our guy, Chef, and, and he can get out right now and uh, get himself a pretty nice package of Hurts, Mark Andrews, and Brees Hall. Wow, I, I I'm I'm enticed. The the only part I think you're losing out is the running back. Um, but Brees is a second half guy, as we've proclaimed this season, Eric. Yeah, I I think I like the the Hertz Andrews Hall side of this. Um, you know, I I think what's probably happening here is you know frustration with the Jets in general, um, yes. but also concern for how involved the the tight end will be or I guess how more involved the wide receiver is in this Baltimore offense of 2023. Um, but nonetheless, right, like you're you're getting considerable upgrades at two of the three positions. I, I guess it really boils down to, you know, whether or not you're depending on Barkley or in the future tense, Brees Hall week over week, right? Like if you have to fire him up immediately, might have some, some hesitation overall. But assuming that you're finding a way to bridge the gap while Barkley's out, probably continue to do that while we wait for that second half uptick for Brees Hall. So I would, I would definitely go with the, uh, with the, the hurt side of this deal. Yeah. And I appreciate the chef throughout his team for us as well to analyze that. It looks like he has Jonathan Taylor who could be coming back for him. He already, already has Stevenson hunt Swift and Moster in the backfield. I think with Moster and Swift, you can kind of bank on them to be some good running backs. You can hope JT comes back for you and, and wait till Brees Hall kind of ascends. It's a really good team chef. I think making this trade really puts you over the edge. However, I would say if you can get rid of fields instead of Richardson, 
I would just kind of rather do that. My, my, my personal opinion. Um, but I, I love that trade either way. So get it done, man. Um, great question there. We got one here from our guy T money reacts. What's up T money. Thanks for making us as part of your feel good Friday. Should I trade Jerry Judy for Brees Hall? Ooh, that one's, that's a little tough for me, Eric. I, again, I, I think Brees Hall and if they get a better quarterback here, like, like the upside is going to continue to go up and go up. And Jerry Judy, I don't feel super confident starting a lot of weeks. I know he kind of salvaged his day last week, as did Corton Sutton with a couple of big plays. Um, I guess I'm just turned off by the Broncos. You know, they're, they're a losing team, and I don't see them getting any better. I, I'm still holding out hope for our frisky Jets here, meanwhile. Yeah, this this one's tough, right? I, I think it really just boils down to, you know, where you have the need in your roster overall. I, I think the deal's fine on, on its face. Um, you know, I... I tend to think that, you know, finding meaningful running back production is is a little bit more difficult to do. So I, I kind of err on the side of of Resol. But I'm I'm a I'm a little bit more optimistic about this this Denver offense, right? Like obviously they've they've been a laughing stock through through three games. But yeah. you know, even though they got boat raced against Miami last week, we're coming off back to back games where Russell Wilson got up over three hundred yards, right? Like they still throw the ball a fair amount. And I, I think, you know, if that volume is going to persist, like a super talented player like Judy is eventually going to rise to the top, right? So, you know, ultimately it's it's kind of a, a neutral deal for me. But, you know, if, if I have to pick in a vacuum, I would lean to the Hall side. Okay. I'm with you there. Uh, I think I think you should get that one down as well. Team Money, great question. Looks like we got Andrea back in the chat Andrea. tonight. What's up, Andrea? Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. Um, here we got Alex over on Twitch. Should I trade Montgomery and James Conner for Bijan? Wow. Talk about upgrading here. Alex, I would love to know what your record is, what, what your team looks like, your running back depth behind this. Because, man, Montgomery and James Conner, to me, at this point moving forward, they're very mid to high-end RB2s. Um, but Brees Hall still has that RB1 ceiling. I think if we're still redrafting today, he's still a first-round pick. So are you paying that premium right now for Bijan? Yeah, uh, assuming that this just doesn't annihilate your running back depth, yes, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with this this consolidation. Like I mentioned off the top, I think we've already seen David Montgomery's best game, right? So, like, very much so selling him at peak value. And, you know, James Conner, he'll, he'll find his way into the end zone here or there. But you're, like like you said, Shane, you're, you're really going to be living in that RB2 territory most weeks. Whereas Bijan, as soon as this week, has the upside to lead all running backs on any given slate in terms of fantasy points, right? So, you know, getting that upside is something that I'm always keen on. I just want to make sure that, you're not walking the razor's edge with no depth behind Bijan Robinson if you make this deal. I absolutely agree with you. I think there's some really interesting buy low candidates out there at the running back position right now. Some guys who are getting some receptions who we thought earlier in the year might not have that receiving upside. So I I, I think if you if you have the depth behind you, Alex, this is a good trade to make. Um, team Money just giving us his team saying that he can uh, go out and pick up Dobbs possibly still and then get Hall from him. Yeah, I I, I think that's the, the the way to go here, man. I think you're pretty loaded at, at the position. So uh, I like it. Here we got Mike saying, uh, hey, guys, I'm trying to play chess. Burrow is my only quarterback and has a week seven bye. Daniel Jones and Russell Wilson are available on waivers. Should he drop Sutton or McLaurin? Uh, there is wide receivers six and seven. 
Um, and Jones plays Washington in week seven, Russ in Green Bay. Who, man, it's I, I know they're your wide receiver six and seven. It's really hard to drop those guys. I think instead of dropping them, Eric, I would almost suggest, can you package them together in a trade upgrade to one wide receiver that's a bit better, uh, maybe maybe a bona fide wide receiver too, and then pick them up. I, I appreciate you, Mike, trying to play chess and look forward to your buy, but ju- to roster two quarterbacks just until then for that reason. Like I, I think I would start Danny Daniel Jones over Burrow this week. With that said, like I'd like to roster him, but I think it's making a trade here rather than dropping Eric. Yeah, like the the sentiment here is spot on, right? Like you want to, you always want to be thinking ahead. You want to be making these necessary roster moves at least a week in advance. But week seven is more than a week away, right? So like, take that added time and try to pull off a consolidation trade, whether or not it's these two guys yeah. or any other pieces on your roster, right? You know, if push comes to shove, like. I have to believe that you have a better drop than Cortland Sutton or Terry McLaurin, right? You know, when it comes down to it, you need to roster the quarterback. So do what you have to do. In this example, I agree with you, Seth. I would actually fire up Danny Dimes just because of that rushing floor in week seven. Perfect. Perfect. Now is Mike's next question. Who do you fire up? Daniel Jones is my quarterback star of the week, as Eric kind of alluded to there. I really love the matchup on Monday night. And I know it's kind of been like it's been a burger. Like like all all meat, no buns for, for Daniel Jones. Terrible performance in week one and three. However, had the 30 burger in week number two. So I think there's still the upside there for Daniel Jones. Um, we are getting Reek Woolen back in the Seattle secondary, it looks like, this weekend. But that's still a secondary that Andy Dalton just carved up on the road for 361 and two touchdowns. Made him look like vintage Red Rifle last week, Eric. Yeah, he he did. Um, And while I would start uh, Daniel Jones over Russell Wilson in week seven, um, I'm definitely still starting Joe Burrow over Daniel Jones this this week. Oh, really? Um, Look, like I I, I like the the rushing floor of of Daniel Jones. I'll I'll continue to talk about that because he continues to get just piles of designed runs. But this this matchup against Tennessee is a goldmine for opposing uh, uh, quarterbacks, right? So like, now that we're through that Monday night game, I think we've seen him, you know, get through another game without, you know, re-aggravating the injury. I think we're going to see the volume continue to get back. But if nothing else, even if his volume is is a little bit limited still, his wide receivers are going to have an absolute field day against this Titan yep. secondary. So I'm I'm going to go with with Joe Burrow. But to your point, Daniel Jones is much higher in this week's ranking than he t- he typically would be. I don't know. It's tough for me with Burrow this week, Eric. I think because you are right. The secondary is absolutely god-awful for the Tennessee Titans. It has been for years now. However, they're still like not the best matchup in the world for quarterbacks. And I think that's partially because of, of the front seven, man. Like Jeffrey Simmons and the boys get going. And I, I'm worried that Burrow might have to rely on some quick throws again. And it's just a lower ceiling for me. That's how I see it. I think we're, you know, we're going to have to agree to disagree on uh, on this. But, um, Mike, I think either way, you have a good low end quarterback one with either one of those guys. Um, here we got Andrea need one. Gus Edwards, Cam Akers, Zeke, Kendra Miller, half PPR. Oh, do, do we know if Gus is playing this week, Eric? Do we know the, the status on that? Because I believe he is expected to play. And Justice Hill also working his way back. So Justice Hill might also be in the lineup. Man, this is gross. This is really freaking gross, Andrea. I'm sorry. 
I think I'd have to go Gus, right? Can you talk me in, in into Zeke or Kendra? Because I can't, especially with Kamara back. That rolls out Kendra for me. It's really Zeke or Gus for me at this point. Yeah, those those are the the two that I would decide between. And and for me, it's it's also Gus Edwards, right? Like, um, he's he's got a he's got a tough matchup against this uh, against this Cleveland front and and defense overall. But he should have a clearer path to volume, while it's likely to be split volume. Um, you know, anytime that's the case, like you have that median projection point that I, I like to right, use as right. a tiebreaker for these these close decisions. But what you mentioned is is really the overarching thing, right? Like Andrea is in a tough spot, right? So for Sunday, if you can try to go out and, you know, pull off a trade or whatever it may be, you know, even looking at the the players that you have listed here, there might be some speculative ads that you can go drop one of these guys for off the waiver wire. Um but yeah, you're you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. But the uh the 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 best of that lot would be Gus Edwards for me. Yeah, I I I I agree, man. Uh good luck to you, Andrew. We appreciate the question. If you have any options to pick up off the waiver wire, let us know and we can sort through those as well with you. Um here we have T Money saying, I don't know who to start this week, boys. Fields, Burrow, or T Law. So some really great options for him overall. We would have thought coming into the season. But it has been bad news for a lot of these guys. Eric, you were kind of the high man on Burrow here. Are you still high on him? Because I kind of like a Trevor Lawrence back, back bounce back game over in London. But man, the Falcons, they chew a hell of a lot of clock. And that scares me a little bit as well. Yeah, so I, I am, I, I guess, of the two of us, I was technically the high man on, on Joe Burrow. But I actually have uh, these three players pretty much back to back to back. Uh, in in my rankings, kind of on that fringe QB one territory. For for me, it's it's Trevor Lawrence. Like a lot of the things that you you like and that you look for in terms of the way that the offense is utilizing him and the way that they're moving the ball, they're they're still in place for for Lawrence. He's just kind of on the wrong side of variance through the first three weeks. Um, in you know, I I kind of I kind of look at this game script sort of from the other direction. Yes, uh, Atlanta likes to you know grind it away and run some clock. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Jacksonville get out to a an early lead and then you know really have Atlanta you know push the tempo to try to try to catch up. So less less concerned about the game script in this one, and you know the the the, the ball is going to bounce back in Trevor Lawrence's favor before too long. Any love for Justin Fields here, though, Eric? This is a Denver defense. They did just get embarrassed, so you kind of do expect a little bit, a bit of, of a bounce back, especially under Sean Payton. Um, but, man, I, everyone from Miami was running right through them. I'm pretty sure you and I could, could you know, get in a couple shopping carts and go right through them as well. Um, about as easy as that wind tunnel we took on that one time. So how how do you feel about Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, look, this is, this is the – probably the highest I'm going to have him ranked uh, unless he just completely explodes, right? This is the yeah. game to do it. Um, really what it what it boils down to for Fields is whether or not they're actually going to let him run the ball, right? Um, you know, the, the big difference from last year to this year is they're having him throw the ball far more often, and it seems like he's not entirely comfortable with doing that at the NFL level yet. Right. So at, at some point, like, Eberflus just has to wipe his hands and say, the only way our offense is going to be effective is if, is if we let this guy, you know, get it done with his legs. This would be a great week to do that, and if so, you know, he can he can easily creep back into that, you know, potentially top five or seven this week. But it's it looks so bad for for Justin Fields, right? So if if you have Fields as your starter, 
I think it's fine to start him this week. If you're making a decision between Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, I mean, he'll, he'll be third on that list for me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like Fields upside a little bit more, but I think Trevor Lawrence is a safe play here. Uh, we got Albert in the chat saying he has CMC and he wants to roster Elijah, uh, Elijah Mitchell there. Should he drop Jalen Warren, Tajay Spears, Cam Akers, or Alexander Madison? To me, the clear choice is uh, is Cam Akers. I, I know there's some upside there, but I don't think I want to roster both Minnesota running backs. And listen, dude, like Jalen Warren is sneaky, sneaky good. And and I think like I'm not calling for the changing of the guard because I, I've been a Steelers fan my whole life. I know how stubborn Mike Tomlin in this organization can be in Pittsburgh. However, this is a guy right now on pace for 90 targets. I think he's going to have a really sneaky upside the rest of the way. So I'm not dropping Warren. I think Spears is playing a lot of snaps, not really getting the touches. And, uh, you know, Madison is who he is. I, I think it's acres for me here. Eric, yourself. It is also acres for me. Um, it's also a relatively clear decision, right? I, I think, you know, acres was kind of getting a, a bone thrown his way by Kevin O'Connell, by the, the Vikings acquiring him. And, you know, best case scenario, he's, he's looking at a split backfield, whereas both Warren and Spears, their, their arrow is pointing up, right? Like for kind of for different reasons, but, you know, if, if they hold their trajectory, there's going to be a point where they're going to be pretty, pretty healthy flex starters on a weekly basis. And obviously each of them is the clear handcuff in their respective backfield. So if anything happens in front of them in the pecking order, you now have an elite running back option. So I would let acres go in this case. All right. Uh, here we got AS saying, would you trade Kamara or Swift uh, and Godwin and Hopkins for ETN, Moster and Dell? So kind of unloading here, giving up a, a really solid RB2. Either way you look at it here, Eric, Godwin and Hopkins, but you're getting back ETN, Moster and Dell. I think I, I think I am doing that trade, I think. I am doing that trade as well, but I'm curious to know from you what what combination of players you're going to pair up to send to send off to get ETN, Mostert, and Dell. Oh man, I, if I have to pick right now without seeing Alvin Kamara, that is tough. I think I would send Kamara. I think I would send him just in case. Maybe Kendra Miller gets going late in the season. Like we know who Kenneth Gainwell is at this point. I like Gainwell. He's a dependable player, but at the same time. He just is who he is, you know, and I think Swift has proven that he has that explosiveness in this Eagles backfield. So I think I would rather ship off Kamara and keep Swift, which I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm I'm actually right there with you, right? Like, um, you know, let's let's not discount the fact that Kamara is kind of getting up there in, in years. Right. So like that explosiveness in, you know, what presumes to be somewhat of a split workload. If, if that falls off, you know, even incrementally, it can it can really impact his prospectus over the season. And I am getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins everywhere I have the opportunity to. So if I can pair up Kamara and Hopkins, um, I'm happy to do so. I'm not super thrilled because, you know, you're, you're very literally buying high on Mostert and Tank Dell. We've definitely seen Mostert's best game. Uh, Dell could potentially get close to that that scoring output from last week. But if, if nothing else, like I, I like how... Uh, I like how you're getting a sure thing in ETN back and, you know, Tank Dell is going to be uh, essentially a, a pretty, pretty comparable player in terms of volume to DeAndre Hopkins week in and week out. And he's obviously far more explosive at this point in their respective careers. 
Okay. All right. And Eric, let's go ahead and get into some sure things, sleepers of the week. You guys can keep the questions coming. We'll get to those when we uh, get with our guests here on the other side of this fun drop. Sure it's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, sure thing, sleepers of the week. And guys, help us welcome in a legend of this industry. He is the senior editor at FF Diehards. He's a host on Sirius XM, and he's just a great human being. Guys, please welcome in Bob Harris. Bob, thanks so much for joining us today. How is your Feel Good Friday doing? Uh, it's fantastic. How are you, Seth? How are you, Eric? Hey, we are good over here, man. Uh, I can't speak for Eric, but uh, Bob. He looks we- fantastic. Yeah, Eric always look. Uh, Eric is Eric is swaggy as hell. Is he not one of the most swaggy people out there? I I, I love no, no. Eric's fits every single day, oh, man. man. I yeah. love how this is going. Please carry <laughs> on, <laughs> Bob. How's the season been, man? I know you're a grinder. I, I appreciate your time out of your day today. How's it been? How are the fantasy streets for Mister Harris? Hmm. Uh, I will let you know after the season. Right now, I have the tiger by the tail. I've been drugged through the weeds, and I'm like just coming up from short breaths to say hi to Seth and Eric and <laughs> and whatnot, and having a good time. Now it's you know, like you know, it's the usual thing. Uh, way too many leagues, way too many developments. Uh, every year feels like covering the NFL is you're like the guy who follows the elephants with a shovel, and every year they add an elephant, right? It's just like <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it's just it, it's never ending. It's uh, the the media circus and uh, all the associated, you know, coverage and just trying to keep up with that. I can remember when I started doing this, you know, for as a business in the early 90s, the the job, the task was monumental and it was finding information. Now the task is even more monumental. It's filtering the information, right? And just giving your customers the information that's worthwhile to them and sort out the wheat from the chaff. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of chaff. It's flying around fast and furious every single day. How about it, man? And uh, Bob, while we have you here, I, I want to get because c- speaking of chaff, man, we, we've seen it on Twitter. People are fired up last night out of the Jameer Gibbs usage. Is it going to get better for the rookie? A- Eric has been here week mm-hmm. after week, month after month on the podcast this summer saying draft David Montgomery. Well, what if you didn't? What if you have Gibbs? What are you doing in redraft? You're holding on to him, obviously. I mean, you're you know, you probably invested enough draft capital into him that you know you're not going to throw him out the door look things change over the course of a season there are evolutions i mean you're starting to get a deandre swift like vibe i mean they keep showing up with these running backs that they don't seem to like that are super yeah. talented maybe uh the the hope is they trade him to a team that will use them like philadelphia loves deandre swift which like that's a surprising development as well um no i'm hoping for an evolution you know it's not like totally surprising that a rookie would be brought along slowly don't panic mm-hmm. people still running plenty of routes. I mean, it's not the high-end production you want right now. Yeah, uh, We may be having an entirely different conversation in the end of October or in November or in December uh, when your games are counting the most. Hopefully you can cobble something together that will carry you through in the meantime, like maybe trade for David Montgomery. <laughs> Eric, how about it, man? Bob over here setting us at ease in, amidst all the panic that's been happening in the last 24 <clears throat> hours. Yeah, look, the the sage like wisdom is is spot on, right? You got to see the forest through the trees, and like like we talked about earlier, you know, there there are better days ahead for Jameer Gibbs owners, but you know the uh, the likelihood of them getting return relative to their draft capital doesn't doesn't look so great where we sit four weeks in. I think the the big key right 
for me is like just like I was the huge Jameer Gibbs. I was the hammer and he was my nail all, all summer, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so um so what you have to do is be ready to divorce yourself from the narrative and, and move on and just say, okay, I don't need to start the breakout game. I know it's coming. I'm sure it's yeah. coming at some point. Um, but if I miss it, I miss it. And I just have to be satisfied with, wow, look, he's course correcting. Maybe I have a chance to see if he can build on this huge breakout game with another good game or maybe another huge game or whatever. But but that's what you know tends to hurt us is not that we've drafted these players and overpaid for them, but we keep starting them regardless of what's going on. And right, like maybe you don't have better options, but assess your options, right? And and sit down and think it through and don't just be playing the draft value. It's sunk cost. You can't do anything about it. Uh, so don't pretend that, you know, you need to play it every damn week just because you paid for it, right? There, you know, look for other players, grind the waiver wire, do all the things you have to do to keep a, a, a solid starting lineup intact until that day, that glorious day, that glorious day that's certainly yes. coming that Jameer Gibbs delivers like we all expect. I appreciate that, Bob. And that's Except something Eric that and Jamie Calandra. <laughs> it's something that doesn't get talked about enough how you know like like people are always i feel like so invested that they feel like they have to keep playing them until they get that breakout game but bob always dropping wisdom here bob who do you have for us today with your shores thing sleeper of the week um so i didn't know which rankings we're using so i'm gonna i'm kind of guessing a little bit All so good. you know like if russell wilson's right on the edge of the top 15 he should be inside it right and this is a super plus matchup Everyone has destroyed the Bears defense, so he should be it. But I'll, I'll go instead, you know, and like some of mine are injury dependent. I think you, I think you could play Matt Breida if there is no Saquon okay. Barkley. He had 82% of the snaps uh, last week with Barkley out, and this is a way better matchup, right? This is a phenomenal matchup against the Seattle defense that not very uh, imposing. But I think the the ideal play would be if Jimmy Garoppolo plays. Jacoby Meyer is kind of the off the radar guy who's getting a ton of targets, has been super productive with them. Uh, he would be my preferred choice going against the Chargers defense that quite generous. Quite generous is an understatement of the year, especially when you have a defensive head coach over there. Your thoughts on Myers this week, Eric, because I, I mean, I, I know if even if Jimmy G's out, I'm tempted to pull the trigger on him. If it's Brian Hoyer, if it's Aiden O'Connell, I don't think I can get behind it, but Brian Hoyer is, is a very solid NFL quarterback. And I think Jacoby Myers could be his best friend. Yeah, he, he very much so could be, right? Um, and if if nothing else, Jacoby Myers is going to have, you know, one of his best matchups on the year facing off, facing off against Michael Davis this this, yep. this coming this coming weekend. Uh, Davis is allowing 76% of the targets thrown into his coverage to be caught. He's allowing wow. 2 yards per route covered, which is <laughs> insane. Like the he's, he's already he's already covered uh, 111 routes on on the season right so like he's just he's just hemorrhaging yardage right like even you know even if the quarterback play is degraded to an extent you know the majority of the passes that are thrown Jacoby Myers way he has a high likelihood of hauling in and double, he can definitely double digit do targets after the catch games. double digit targets yeah exactly in like games. He's, it's him and Devontae he's a big Adams part of this role yeah, him and Devontae Adams are in. And by the way, kudos to Jimmy Garoppolo for realizing that Devontae Adams will catch anything he throws in his vicinity and not caring if he's covered or whatever. Just do it. I like it. I like the play there. Eric, I'm going to go to you, man. Who is your sure thing sleeper of the week? Uh, it can't be Jacoby Myers. Bob already called him. So anyone else in the NFL is up for grabs for you. Jacoby Myers was on my, my short list, but 
um, we'll uh, we'll defer to our guest and let him have the the fantastic call. I'll uh, I'll I'll go to another pass catcher. Um, I'm I'm gonna fire up DJ Chark this week. Um, you know his his ceiling is is a little bit capped, right? Especially if we see Bryce Young make a return. But if if nothing else, you know we're we're looking at a at a guy that is going to be on the field for a good number of snaps. And the thing that I've been doing pretty much all year, year long is attacking a Caleb Evans, the outside cornerback for uh, for the the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. he is he is absolutely hemorrhaging yardage every single week. He's allowing a ton of his passes into his coverage to to be hauled in. And just about every time you think that he's been embarrassed as much as he can be embarrassed, letting someone <laughs> blow past him or forgetting his coverage and allowing Devonta Smith to get a touchdown, he does something more embarrassing. Like last week, dropping a surefire touchdown, uh, if you were to in- intercept it, letting it bounce off of his hands and into Josh Palmer's for a touchdown for the Chargers, right? So but Caleb Evans is one of my favorite cornerbacks to target throughout the year and this week dj shark is going to run more routes in his coverage than any other panther all right all right i i thought you might go with the revenge game narrative for thielen however you go dj shark here and man it's it's kind of scary for me just because bryce young's back i loved what we saw out of this offense last week with andy dalton Bob, can you trust DJ Chark or the other Panthers pass catchers now that we have Bryce Young potentially back under center? I can. Again, you know, something I've been hammering. Like, look, it's not ideal. Bryce Young is not the ideal quarterback, but he is a quarterback. Um, it's not like there's no one back there throwing the football. I think Adam Thielen had a decent game the last game with Young, and this is a super favorable matchup for him like if he wasn't wide receiver like 13 going to this game i would consider him a sleeper but i think people have awakened uh to see what old guys can still get something done i'm just saying um but uh but i'm i'm kind of with eric on this one i think i i'm comfortable you know with the matchup and i'm hoping it you know vikings not getting after the passer very much that's going to be a big you know that's a big part of this so uh hopefully he can cobble something together again all year i've been hammering this point is like Less than ideal quarterback situations are just that, less than ideal, right? They're not like the quarterback is absent. He's still going to be there. He's yeah. going to throw passes. There is going to be production. Uh, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and stick. I I think those are both good plays. I like I like Thielen, Thielen and Shark both. Also, I like Justin Jefferson in that game, just in case anyone wants to. <laughs> yeah, for the record. Getting a little edgy here. We got Daniel in the chat asking, would you play Chark over Michael Thomas? And I think that's a great transition to my short thing sleeper of the week. I'm I'm going with some old heads as well. I'm an old, I'm an old soul. So uh, give me some Michael Thomas this week, averaging nearly nine targets per game still. Some of Michael Thomas's biggest career games have actually been against Tampa Bay, averaging 20.3 PPR games throughout his career. I think we'll see a lot of Carlton Davis on Olave, uh, maybe a little bit on Thomas as well. So uh, I, I'm liking Thomas this week. I think it's a good play. Um, if, if, if you trust the old heads here, boys, I'm with you. I, I, Eric is skeptical. I, you know, but he always is, man. That's the thing about Eric. He's our little skeptic. Fries is bread and Western oil. If you're an old person, you remember that commercial. Um, <laughs> yeah, Google someone, it. someone's got to throw out the side eye. YouTube that YouTube that fry your bread and Western oil. Our I like skeptic. it. Bob, we're going to get you out of here now before we answer the rest of the questions. I know you're a busy, busy man here. Um, first of all, any weekend plans outside of work or nothing? 
No, no, probably mo mostly, <laughs> no, mostly work. Like I do, I do, you know, use Sunday to uh, enjoy some football action in a live format. I like to sit around and uh, <laughs> stare at my red zone uh, channel uh, before I watch all the games on replay on Monday and Tuesday. But, but I do, uh, I do, uh, there's a lot going on. We got shows on Saturday. We got shows on Sunday. So there's okay. plenty, uh, plenty to get done uh, uh, at all times. It's kind of like seven days a week until, until like January and then I'll slow down a little bit. I feel that. What about the cycle? I, I know, I know you're a big bicycler. I I've gotten into cycling a lot more here in the last couple months and I, I absolutely love it. You getting on the cycle at all this weekend? Uh, no. Well, yeah, it's a Peloton. Okay. I'm staying inside so I can, you know, I can monitor everything. I can work the phone if I need to. So that's the way I do it. It's about an hour a day for me. Uh, I cut way back during the season. So an hour a day is cutting way back. I'm, I'm like nuts during the off season. I'm doing 90 minute rides and 75 minute rides. And, uh, yeah. Putting in lots of miles, but, uh, but during the season I dialed back, but I get my hour a day in, uh, whether I need it or not, mostly I need it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, Bob. It's an inspiration, man. I'm, I'm hoping one day, uh, I'm hoping to get a Peloton. Maybe I can match your stats a little bit as well. Um, but follow me on the Peloton app and we will <laughs> race each other. There we go. I'm going to get my ass kicked by Bob. I know it. That's for sure. Uh, but we can't thank you enough for joining us, man. How can we best support you and everything you have going on the rest of the way here? Uh, anything that has football diehard in it probably has something to do with me. My social media platforms uh, all have football diehard. Uh, my radio show is called Football Diehards on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Uh, the YouTube channel, Football Diehards. Uh, also, uh, website, footballdiehards.com. It's really simple, Football Diehards. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, we appreciate it, Bob. Have a great rest of your weekend. Good luck in week four and good luck on that Peloton, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'll see you soon. All right. We'll take Good care. Fun. Take care, Bob. We appreciate it. Well, Eric, I appreciate God. you, man. And uh, we'll see you all back on Tuesday. Enjoy week number four. Be safe. Have fun and uh, enjoy the vibes. We'll see you next time. Keep it in between.